Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's going on? It's Super Dave back at it again with the PA Political Revolution Podcast. And we're trying to do what we always been doing, trying to give you good information, good political information so you can make good, good decisions on, you know, um, the people that's being elected, what's going on in the city. And today we have a special guest today. We have a, a, a mayor of Canada today, Mr. Floyd Baptiste. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself, sir? Yes, first thing I want to say, thank you, Dave, and uh, to the listening audience. My name is Floyd Baptiste, and I'm running for mayor of our beautiful city, Port Arthur, Texas. For the past 17 years, I served, I served our community as chief executive officer of the Port Arthur Economic Development Corporation, where I gained firsthand knowledge about uh, the Pacific's issues that affect our community, and I believe the ideas to help I believe I have the ideas to help improve the service and the quality of life for the people in in the city of Port Arthur, all the people in the city of Port Arthur. Uh, again, uh, I certainly appreciate having this opportunity to speak to, to you guys. Oh, yes, sir. No problem. We're always glad uh, to have a person with your caliber over here speaking to us and giving us some information. So, um, regardless of how everything go off in the election, we, we you know, we just want to in, uh, extend the invitation to invite you to continue to come speak over here. You know, if you ever yes, have anything, um, even if you're mayor or not mayor, you know, if you want to give your opinion yes, on something, however the, um, the city is going, we, you know, we, we graciously, we graciously love to have your opinion. Thank you very much. And, and I'm going to certainly take that offer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, now go ahead and, um, Kind of tell us a little bit about your story. What made you want to run uh, to go ahead and jump in this election run for mayor? Uh, yeah, as I said, you know, <clears throat> you know, I, I tell I tell a lot of people, you know, I'm not a politician. I'm a public service, and I've been a public service for 42 years. Prior to coming to the city of Port Arthur, I worked 24 years with the Texas Workforce Commission, and uh, which was a public service job, helping people. Uh, improve their quality of life through through employment and, and, and training, you know. And when, after leaving the uh, workforce, I came to work with uh, for the city, and it was just a, an addition to what I've been doing, but just on a larger scale. Uh, uh, the reason for me jumping in this race, guy, you know, uh, uh, you know, I've been in the city for 17 years, working with the city, and um, you know, every time I talk to people, my neighbors, my friends, the thing that we hear, I hear all the time is lack of leadership, lack of leadership. We need some leadership. And I agree with that. I agree with that. I think, I think that, you know, when you look at Port Arthur as a whole, I, I don't think there's many community in Southeast Texas, uh, that have the opportunities that Port Arthur have and we're not taking advantage of it. And the reason why we're not taking advantage of it is because of lack of leadership, you know. So I decided to uh, to put my name in the hat, see if the people, uh, I could use some of the skills that I've learned and, 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 and try to move this community to another level. Uh, Dave, you, you've heard, you've been through many elections in this, this city, and every election I hear the same thing. We're going to move the city forward. Move right, the yeah. City forward. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, 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 there's like a worn-out phrase, move the city forward. Move, move the city the forward. City forward. <laughs> but, you know, it seems like we are just still. We're not moving forward. But we have all these opportunities we're not taking advantage of it. And, right, and, and, I, and, I, and I, I kind of want to stop you right there. Could you please elaborate for myself and also the listening audience, what are some of those advantages so the uh, citizens can be aware of what's going on that we're not actually tapping into and that you could probably help us tap into? Well, let me begin by going, I'll go back when I first came back into the city in 2005. In 2005, if you recall, Dave, uh, Motiva was doing their big, very first big expansion. 
uh, to build the world, uh, North America largest petrochemical, and they spent about eight billion dollars down here in Port Arthur, Texas. Right. And when they, in 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, they completed the project, and when they, when they left Port Arthur, it was in worse condition than it was. But eight billion dollars was dropped into this community. Wow. And we didn't see none of it, you know. And and now we 15 years later, 2021, 2022, and we see on the books that we have about 54 billion, five times more than what Motiva originally put into this community. And <clears throat> we cannot miss this opportunity. We cannot miss this opportunity because the pendulum just swings so long, my friend. Right, right. And if we miss this, we miss it this time, we have lost another generation. And you and I both hear every day what's going on with this generation. Right. So we have to save this generation and not only this generation, but the unborn kids. Because, as I said earlier, the pendulum just swings so long. So we have to take advantage of all these opportunities that's here in front of us. The other issue is, Dave, when okay. you sit down, you, okay, okay, you hold, sit down. Okay, hold on for a second. Yes, okay, hold on for a second. Before we get to the other issue, I just want to go ahead and dissect this issue that you brought up. What exactly do we need to do now that 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 we can capitalize on this opportunity that we missed on the other one? Is it like something with jobs yes, or um, yes, jobs, yes, anything else? Can you kind of please explain that? Because I believe yes. it's important. Yeah. Especially, you know, when you're running for um, for mayor to get your uh, to to get out there, you know, the the some of the issues that you want to go ahead and try to help rectify, it and let the mm-hmm. and let the audience and the citizens actually know, you know, some of the things that was going on out there, right? Because a lot of people don't know this. Some, including myself, I know we kind of missed it, but I kind of want to get a better um, sense of what we've actually missed from a person like yourself that's directly was dealing with the economic development center. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, Let let me try to make it as simple that everybody could understand. Dave, you're a married man? Oh, yes, sir. And and what's the most important thing in your marriage? Um, Relationship and trust, right? Absolutely. Okay. In the business world, the most important thing is relationship and trust. And we have not developed that with business and industry. You know, we only go to industry when it's time for them to pay us tax abatement. Right, 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 right. But we have no relationship with us. You know, they have a little plantation, and we see them between 11 and 1 o'clock at the restaurant. If we go to one of the restaurants, after that, they're going back into their little plantation. And after after their workout, they're getting on that highway and they're going home. You know, right. we have no relationship with these people, and, and I, I'm going to tell you guys, I have worked with these with, with industry and business for the last 20, 30 years. They want to be a part of this community. They okay. want to be a part of this community, but as I said earlier, we have no relationship with them. Right, right. We have, and we have to develop the, that relationship. The other thing, from my perspective, from economic development. You know, we always look at the plant managers. Well, the plant managers, like you and I, put on their coveralls and go to work every day, and they have two primary purposes. Two. Safety and production. Right. That's that's what they are paid for, to make sure that plant is safe and they produce the, the byproduct. And they got a little box. They give them a couple of hundred thousand dollars. So you give some crumbs to this guy, give a little crumb to that guy, and keep everybody happy. Right. But decisions are not made here. Valero's decisions are not made here. Valero's decisions made in San Antonio. Okay, on decisions. Decisions are not made here. It's made in Houston, Texas. Okay, on a, Chevron. On a decision. Yes, sir, go ahead. On, on a I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But sometimes I'm going to be stopping, uh, you know, in, in between, you know, what you're saying, yes, kind of like the delve deeper in certain uh, parts of it. Yes, sir. Like when you're making decisions, um, like decisions, for example, what type of decisions that they'll make that 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 we'll think the plant manager make here that they'll make over in um, San Antonio or Houston or um, Saudi Arabia, you know, whatever. 
they make the decisions about the money, how they spend the money. Okay. And, and you know, when we see the lack of resources in our community, and, and, and we have folks here with, man, look here, they got buildings with box, boxes of money. Right. They can help us a whole lot more. You know, they could have help us a whole lot more. And, and I think they're not reaching out to us and we're not reaching out to them because we have no relationship with them. Now, now when you we say now, now, when you say that, um, like, yeah, like you had said earlier, like the, like the plant manager, they wants to be they want to be with the um, with the community here. Right. Wouldn't it be a way that the if the plant manager would want to be a part of the community or whatever representative. Right. And obviously, mm-hmm. there are some people in their home headquarters of San Antonio, Houston. Wouldn't there be like a communication issue with the, the plant manager here to be able to talk to their um, home base over in San Antonio, Houston, to kind of you know the, to divvy up some money? The, uh, the reason why I was saying I know they have the um, home bases in you know whatever respective city, but they're going to have some type of communication with somebody at the local plants, right? Because they they've done it that bef- they've done this before, right? If I'm not mistaken. I believe they used to have a Texaco parade in Port Arthur, right? So, um, right. a long you? time. Yeah. They used to have a Texaco. So, so it's been done before. So, I don't know if San Antonio is the people. But, 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 uh-huh. but if you look at, but you look at it, they back then, you know, they had the Cavalcade parade. No, right. industry was very involved in the community. Yes. You had industry people on, on a lot of boards in the city. You don't see that no more. Right, right. Because yeah. there's no relationship anymore. And that's right. why I keep going back to the word relationship, mm-hmm. man. Relationship. We don't have that relationship with them anymore. And, and yes, they have become more international. Uh-huh. But at the same time, man, that hub is right here. That right. hub is right here. You know, and, and, and look here. Now, I am very grateful, you know, uh, to the refineries you know they give the city i, I don't know but right. probably probably about 70 80 million dollars a year and That's we don't have money. to provide any, we don't have to provide any services to them right. but I, I i i think there's a, a lot more that they can do yes absolutely financially, absolutely. financially. And, I, and, and you know they will give you five thousand dollars for this and a thousand dollars for this and a scholarship for this right. but it, we, we got to look at the whole, the whole, right? And and and, and we, you know, I, I keep saying the plant managers. I know these guys real well. They're right. good guys, but they limit in the decisions they have to make. They they can make. Let me say it like they limit in the decisions they can make. You know, even when the council sit down with these people and start talking about either tax agreement, it's not the plant manager they're talking to. Right. They're talking to corporate headquarters, people who make decisions about money, right. people who make decisions. And, and, and we need to develop that relationship with those folks also. We always want to have the plant manager on our side. We want them to be our advocate, you know? Uh, yes. And I think we're going to get a whole lot more. Okay. I, I tell you, you know, when it, I'm going to go back to you and your wife. They, yes, sir. When the trust is gone, the relationship is gone. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> and, and sometimes that, it's hard getting is, their trust back, yes. That, that's, that is what have happened in the last 15, 20 years between us and industry. Mm-hmm. So we have to bridge that gap and, 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 and begin sitting at the table, talking to each other, about Port Arthur, not right. talking about the plans or this yeah. or that. Talking about Port Arthur, you know. Sure, they, they say they're in the ETJ, but they are in Port Arthur. Right, and and, and your in your opinion, what was the reason why that relationship had failed or diminished in the past? Leadership. Okay. On leadership. the council level. Council, leadership okay. on the council level. Okay. Leadership okay. on the council level. And, yeah. and 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 now from you, now from you being the CEO of the uh, Economic Development Center, now you going to the mayor, where it's a, a council manager form of government, and it's not a strong mayor. 
um, how do you think you'll be able to, um, to to go ahead and express and try to get your thoughts through and uh, convince yes, the council that, hey, you know, this is the way to go? Well, let me, let me begin by saying this. It is a city manager's form of government. Right. You know, the city manager runs the city. Yeah, but, you manager council. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. But the council set the vision. The council make the policy. The manager implement the vision. The manager implement the policies. Right. So what has happened in this town, there's no vision. Mm-hmm. Right, right. There's no vision. So we don't know where we're going. Right. We don't know where we're going. And I will tell you, I, I don't want to elaborate on it, but, you know, uh, working with this current city manager, you know, we did a downtown plan. We did a comprehensive plan for for right. the complete city of Port Arthur. And I guarantee you guys, I, I don't want to say it like it, most of the current council have not even picked it up and read it. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. You know, but it's and they should be governing from that plan right you know because that is the plan that they say they wanted to take the city to you know and and and, and i i hate to say it like this day but it, what what it caused is it caused it caused exactly what we have right now mismanagement of money because you don't know what you what you're managing yeah 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 absolutely and also, I'm going to add to that, we have a failure of, right, the city manager, right? I, I just, I was just listening through. I got to go do another podcast on the, um, what is the streets program, whatever um, Flood is doing, right? Flood was giving the presentation, I think it was the streets program. And and uh, and briefly, I've heard they blame the previous council for some of the issues, right? Now, it's the city manager's job, right, to go ahead and 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 keep together, right. If you have a plan, started in what 2018 or whatever 19, whatever right. year that uh, 19, right. I'm just saying 19. I think that's when he was city manager. Mm-hmm. Around 2019, you have a, a engineer that may have quit, been fired, or whatever. Public works director fired, whatever. You still supposed to translate that original streets program to the current people that you have in the office in a in a position because you are the city manager. That's correct. And and you I, follow the, I you follow the direction of the board of directors, and the board of directors is the council. The council has set a plan, and this is what they want to do. Right. And my job is to implement that plan. Let me give you a little small deal man yes, you know, we did the downtown plan we did the downtown plan we cost us about three hundred thousand dollars to do that deal too right but i thought it was the best tool we ever had and dave you've been here for most of you uh 15 right. years ago 15 years ago you could have put a cannon on on one end of proctor's and shooting and everything was going to fall or nothing was going to fall because it was nothing there right it was nothing there. But that plan said, okay, man, you got to bring people down here. So what we what did we do? We said, how do we bring people here? There's nothing for, to bring them here to. Well, we looked at the local college, the local junior college, and EDC was very involved in the dormitories that's there, not the, the student housing. And we contribute $2 million because for one reason, we was going to have 118 young people there every day, right. every day of the year. And the next thing we did, based upon that plan, we needed to bring people down here. Yeah. We set a targeted area to build homes to de- from 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th Street from one side to about 19 blocks. We got 40 new homes built. Average appraised value of these homes now is $167,000. And they're paying property tax now. You know, new people coming in, okay? Right. New people living down there. The next thing we did, we went we, we, we went with GLO, and you, you see coming up another 118 apartments townhome downtown on 4th Street. That's going to bring 
within the next five years, in that little one and a half mile radius, you're going to have living, living close to 1,500 families. Right. And what does that do? When you have that many people, working families, let me go back and say working family. When you have that many people coming, private sector come. Because private sector going to come where the money is. Right. And that was the plan. And then Motiva jumped in and Motiva said, well, we're going to make up, bring our administrative folks out. But I'm saying all this because that was all part of a plan. And we followed that plan to the T, man. We, everything I am telling you, go pick up that book right. that we did nine, ten years ago. Yeah. And it is part of that plan. And I said, I think that is where the council has failed. They not following their plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. And I, and, and I do want to, and I do want to jump on to that, right? And you're right. I think yep. I do have that book. I think it's a hundred year centennial, something like that, of the uh, city. I, I'd have to I have to go look at it somewhere in the bookshelf over there. Uh, and you're right. Yeah. On one end, you have, you know, what you were doing the redevelopment of the downtown. You know, and um, in, and for my opinion, hopes for the uh, the casino. Right. The casino um, deal is supposed to be come over across the pier. That that whole dream or whatnot. One instance you had the downtown trying to be redeveloped, right? And then yes, on and then on the other end you had the city pushing everything north of uh, seventy three, mm-hmm. and including you're supposed to have the abatements that were supposed to go south of seventy three, but you had for some reason these crazy jokers on the council pushing everything north of seventy three, including like the deals with uh, Hobby Lobby, right? You had mm-hmm. there was a big deal going on. You had the Hobby Lobby. They gave the um, this company BKD or something. I forgot the the initials of that company. Some some abatements to go where they want to go. Right? It, it, it's, it's a it is north of seventy three. It, it's really hyper. Um, it, it's hyper developed. Right around mm-hmm. the Walmart area, you already know it's hyper developed. When we supposed to have the tax abatements that's going to south of seventy three. So you have two conflicting plans you have one that's going downtown with the um with the downtown development and then you have one that's continuing to hyper um uh, to hyper expand up north right the hyper develop up north so it, it always was a question to me why are you doing this when everybody's not in sync and going into it, it doesn't really have to be downtown to me it's south of 73 because you need more things as a as a grab as a pull to um, if you want to do downtown you have to keep the things downtown downtown like with the health department right that's mm-hmm. one is you have to just keeping everything downtown because when you because already from um from that book from that book that hundred centennial whatever it's called from that book you have where where the Hayes family right. They already mm-hmm. twenty years ago. They already gave up of downtown being a, a retail business because they blamed that on the of of, of the Stonegate area. So mm-hmm. not only we have the development of Stonegate, we have the hyper development of three sixty five in that you know little shopping complex that's just past Stonegate. Now mm-hmm. in addition to that. They have potentially the needling development over this called the landing. So that's going to push people outside the city. So we have, it's worse now for the retail than it was back then 20 years ago. So the Hayes brothers has given up on that. Not, uh, recently it has became, and um, it was supposed to be the modular. It was supposed to be an entertainment district downtown, right? That was the new the new thing back then, the entertainment district. So that kind of fell through. They gave up on that, you know, when Mardi Gras left. And now the downtown is last phase is the business district with the, a lot of business office. Is that everything am I saying? Am I saying it correct or 
<laughs> you are very much correct. Downtown is target to be a business district. Right, right. Business, business district. There's three sections of it. There's a business district. There's a residential district, and then there's the university. Right, right, right. Those are the three anchors for the downtown. Uh, entertainment will be on the uh, on the other side of the water. Right, okay. right, right. Okay, okay. So no, still there, there, if you look at the plan, if you look at the plan, the uh, there is some some development along the waterfront by the post office. Okay, okay. And you know we we have talked to several people. The problem is we just don't have enough there. And I think in the future, I think within the next five to ten years, if we could turn this thing around. You will have some development there. Right, right. Now, now go ahead. Let's let me uh, jump into the EDC form. Right, when you was in the EDC, can you tell me a, a little bit about the development? Right, what was the most, what was the biggest problem from developers trying to come over here? Right, from from my instance, right, from my understanding, a lot of the times when they want to come developing something in downtown, a lot of the times that. Uh, downtown is such a risky area, right, for a business because this is the things that we've talking about that it didn't have a lot of pull but to bring people down here. Did you real did you did it seem like a lot of businesses wanted the city of Port Arthur to take a majority stake in developing that business? So if something would have happened they would have lost, it would have been a, a minimal loss to the investor and more been on the city of Port Arthur? Well, uh, let me let me let me respond to it this way. Uh, business, you know, they're in business for one reason to make money. Right. That's the only reason people get going big. And, and, and um, when, when we 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 tried to do a lot of things downtown that we, we couldn't because first thing you didn't have the land capacity. You know, most right. business yeah, land lot. tenant. 10 acres of land you a lot of this business near residential so that was one of the brightest thing I, in my mind that the EDC had done was created the business park and which was put it down there uh there is there is a very uh, a big effort right now Dave to purchase a lot of the vacant land in that part of town mm -hmm. uh so that we could be able to provide the space that business want business want to come there because of one reason the port the port okay, and port right. off are going to be one but they have no land they right, don't yeah. have the land you know and and, and 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 i don't know if you know but a lot of that land is you know is is in our great 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 grandparents name right and okay. it's never been spoken. it's very difficult to try to get control of that property right now right. uh that is the biggest issue. You may have seen or heard the port is trying to. Every time you know this, every time they try to they see a vacant lot, they try to grab it, right. because the port going to expand. It's going to get bigger and larger and bigger and bigger and bigger because you know when you go to most ports, you, you you're talking about maybe uh, you know uh, three thousand acres of land. Well. Our port has only got about 150 acres of land, and, and, and when you look at the port itself, you know um, if you if you ever go to Galveston uh, uh, across the the waterway, get on the ferry, you go out there and you see 20 and 30 boats, ships rather, right, sitting right. out there waiting to get into Gal Houston because they can't get in. They have to sit out there sometimes seven to 14 days. Right, yeah. right. And, and and remember this, they passed right by us to get there. Okay. Right, yeah. Yeah. But but we don't have storage space for that stuff. Oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, so, gotcha. So what the sport what the what the port is trying to do is acquire as much land as possible because there's more business that come to Port Arthur than you know, if you want to go to Houston you got to go by Port Arthur. Right, right. And and the other the other thing talking about the port and I'm talking from economic development side oh, yeah, you, know, you, you, you know 
you know, you got the Suez Canal, you know, you got the Panama Canal, you know, those things open up now. And, you know, a long time, uh, everything was going to Long Beach, California. The ship would go to Long Beach, California, the unload at Long Beach, put it on a train and take it across the world. Well, now, since the Suez Canal and the Panama Canal, they come right, at, right where? To the Gulf of Mexico. Straight to the Gulf of Mexico with this ship. Right. And, and, and if you take the United States, Dave, and, and you split it in half, and Texas being that half, you know, on the east side of that half, two-thirds of your population live. And only a third of the people live on the west side right. of that deal. So what the, the advantage, that was the, that was the reason for the Panama and the Suez Canal opening up so they could get the product to the consumers right, quicker. Right. And w- what you're going to see is the train won't be running two, three hundred uh, uh, miles anymore. You know, it, it, it will be a 50 mile, 100 mile radius. Right. That's why you're beginning to see a bunch of warehouses coming up. Storage right, yeah. space. Right, right. So they bring it, you know, even you go to Charleston, South Carolina, and everybody expanding their port so that boats could come in. That's why those boats from China and Taiwan come right here. Could come right here, man. Okay, so it makes more sense now because, like, that's what the. That's why the downtown is going to be more of a, a business district area because I'm, I'm that, assuming that, piggybacking off it. of the port and you have the offices coming downtown, Motiva coming downtown, everything else. Okay. Okay. It makes yes, sense sir. now. So, yeah. That, okay. That, so, that's what it's all about, man. That's what right, it's all right. about. Right. The port, the port is the catalyst for that. And back when the, inter, the entertainment district, it was probably like, well, the, the hopes for the casino and the Mardi Gras was kind of like a catalyst for it. Okay. I get it now. I get it. And yes, hey, sir. Poison just take. Okay, good, good, good. Okay. And and, and, and with, with with the port expansion, with Motiva expansion, uh, other amenities gonna come to, because you know Motiva plan to bring five hundred people down there every day, and they sit down there every day. Somebody want to buy an ice cream corn, man. Right. Somebody want to buy a popsicle. You know. Uh, so. The popsicle shop and all these other little shops gonna come up, and that's what the downtown gonna be five, six years from now, man. Okay, okay. Yeah. But it's all in the plan, Dave. It's all yeah. in the plan. Yeah, it's all in the plan, man. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's the failure of the council. They try. They have their own little plan. That, right. You know, <laughs> it doesn't work like that, man. Not in the real world. Right. Not in the real world. Right. Now, now taking now taking your experience on council, I mean, on, on the EDC, right? Transitioning over to a council where there's a um, where you know it's a manager um, council form of government. How do you plan to convey your ideas to a difficult council when you, as the EDC director, just recently was having issues with? getting your plan over to the council right how do all these great ideas that you have and i do believe they're good how do how do you convince or fight or try to get through your ideas to an ignorant council uh let me say um how you get the ideas over to the council is this they through the people remember we are government of the people for the people right and, and you know my philosophy is I'm very transparent, very transparent. Uh, the people will know what's going on. Uh, you've been involved in this thing a long time, and right. a lot of decisions are being made behind closed door, and no, the people that come out and vote, nobody they vote yes or no, and it's done, and, and nobody know what they voted on. Right. Well. Because if the folks select me or select me to be their mayor, I will be behind those closed doors. Mm-hmm. And I will come back and tell the people why I'm voting yes or why I'm voting no. They will know. If the opposing side wish to, I can't, if the opposing side wish to tell them their reason, fine. You know, but the people will know what's going on in this city. And that is a, 
you know, they, they need to know what's going on, man. They don't right. know what's going on. The other concern I have, you know, it, it is um, the agenda. No. There, there's too much stuff on that agenda in what they call it uh, non-consent or consent. Right, yeah, consent agenda that probably needs yeah. to go to non-consent. Yes, sir. Yeah, consent means routine in nature, man. Right, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think a lot of that is being put not to let the people know what's going on. Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. I agree uh, on that. I, I'm very open, man. I'm very open. You know, some people say I'm too open. Right, but, right. Uh, I, that's how. Now, if the people go along with the the majority, the majority uh, vote that's the opposite mind, then the people say it's okay. But they will know. Right now, they don't know. They voting and nobody knows what they vote on. Well, the people don't know right. why they vote. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I say some know, some don't know. Um, they, they 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 learning. They starting to know. But a lot of them don't really understand how we can kind of stop it, right? Now, you know, we, we've always had like a lot of people letting them know. Uh, is there any some? Any, are there any extreme steps that you're willing to do to try uh, to what, stop some of this? What, no, what I'm gonna, I, I want to get people involved, Dave. I want to, okay. you know, it doesn't take Floyd to change this thing. It take all of us to right, change right, this right. stuff. And one one of the things I have said to people I've talked to. Uh, I want to form a committee, a -hmm. committee made of of lay people, people, citizens from the community, uh, people from the business community, people from industry, people from education. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about Port Arthur. We're going to talk about Port Arthur because you have to remember, man, let's look at the world right now, man. It's changing. The world is changing. Yeah. The world is changing. You know, and oil and gas not going to be the premium thing 15, 20 years from now. Right, so what right. will happen to Port Arthur? Mm-hmm. So we got to begin thinking how are we going to transition to our new economy? Right, right. And we got to have people that understand what's going on. You know, we could all, none of us, we always not gonna, we always we all not gonna agree on the same thing. We don't all think alike, right. but we could think together and come up with some common solutions or some common direction that we would like to take. And but it has to be a whole. It cannot be it cannot be one or two people, man. It got to be the 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 people got to be involved. The people got to be involved. If the people can't buy into the vision then it's going to be difficult to change this thing, Dave. Yeah. It's going to be very difficult, man. Yeah. I, it's much easier when you have people who buy into this thing. Right, right. And I understand that. I, I, I believe that. I understand that. But now, but as as elected officials, there's certain tools that that elected officials have that they can kind of use, right? A lot of times, the, the I, I, I want to go ahead and use this as an example, right? And this, this is the reason why you know, I, I'm asking that question, right? We have a school board president, right? Mm-hmm. They've they've allowed to have a, and a, and a, a superintendent even wrote an approval letter to have a liquor store right next to the um, T, uh, Thomas Jefferson Middle School, right there. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, that shows the you know the lack of respect, in my opinion, that the superintendent has for the kids, you know, and the people of the city, really. The people of the school district. Now, you had the um, the district president come on the news, right, and say, hey, we have to get the parents, the people involved. We have to get the parents. The parents can get things shut down. But to me, I believe that's a cop-out because they have a tool, right? If they wanted to, they can use, they can get the state to push a 1,000-foot ordinance versus their 300-foot ordinance, right? To, to say that, hey, we putting it all on the parents, or the, uh, the citizens to try to stop the thing when when they actually approved of it. They supported it and approved it. So right. that's why I say, hey, you know, a lot of this, a lot of these, a lot of the, the citizens elect us. 
well, not, not elected. I'm not a, a council member. But they, they elect council members and leaders to go ahead and fight for them, right? Where That's they correct. Where they may not know that they have that state law that the school district has to use to enforce that liquor store to try to kick them on out. They'll just play students and say, hey, it's on the sentence. Now, the reason why I say that for the city, in the mayor's spot, the mayor can call for an investigation. Now, if you you know, see, it's starting to get really out of hand in my in my opinion right now. How they're taking the money, they're basically doing anything they want to do um, right now, and a lot of things is is crossing like legality lines with the you know open open meetings act and some other things that you know you know about over there in the EDC how they're kind of kind of strong arming the process and may not be going through the proper procedures on things. So in mm-hmm. the mayor's chair, right, the mayor can call for an investigation of certain things. So that's why I was asking, are you willing to go to those extremes since, the uh, uh, you know, the, the, and being a leader, you have to make some of those strong calls, right? And I know that sometimes it may be confrontation of people. A lot of people may not like confrontation, but the citizens elect those officials that hey we need you to kind of fight this fight in some areas we may not know you know yes and Dave I tell you what I I would not have a problem taking on any issue that the people feel is important to them you know again an example you know uh, in, in 2012 2012 that we wanted to do certain things in this city that the law didn't allow us to do um, and and, and uh, I went to the state legislature and had three new bills passed to change things because you know we cannot do infrastructure, but our streets was real bad here. You know, EDC cannot right. do city streets, but our streets were real bad. So we went to the legislative action to change the law. The other thing we had is I couldn't train a port author resident unless I had him attached to a job. And the, the, my problem was, I cannot attach him to a job if he don't have no skills. No skills, yeah, no training, right. You know, so I went to the state legislature with that also. And the last one was, I, in the revitalization, we wanted to help fund the, the, the student dormitories to bring that population. Well, it was a fight all the way, both the House and the Senate. And, and, and uh, but all three bills passed, man. And, and I'm saying that because any issue that affects this city and the quality of life for people, I'm willing to to, to challenge it, man, my friend. Okay. Yes, oh, man. Okay. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem. I don't have, you know. And, and, and if I was mayor, I think it, the the issue that's that that's before the citizen right now. I would challenge that, yes, sir. Right, and 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 also, and also, you know, this is this is my you know my biggest thing. What I like to you know see, right? I like to see you know fighters. You know, that's why I kind of call this this podcast the PA Political Revolution Podcast because you know revolution you just kind of have to go all out with them. You know, using yeah. guerrilla warfare tactics as being a small minority going against a big giant, right? So. That's kind of why I call it that, and I kind of embrace that mentality. So I just want to well, ask well, you. Huh? I, I'm a fighter, but I fight I fight with knowledge, man. I fight. Yeah. I got to have the people on my side. If right, I have right. the people on my side, it makes it a whole lot easier, man, when you have the people on your side. Yeah, yeah. Because but one thing about politicians, you know, they're afraid of the people. Right. Yeah, yeah, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the people move them in and move them out. Now, now, yeah. all, you know, also, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be conflicting propaganda. So sometimes I'm just asking this because this is my personal, you know, pet peeve on it. Now, sometimes it's going to be um, opposing propaganda. You're going to have right. propaganda. There's, there's, there's. So you're going to have propaganda going against what you're going against, right? So That's just like correct. with the EDC, personally, I believe on that point you were doing a good job and and collecting making sure the city is not wasting money on some of these 
bullcrap programs that these individuals try to bring over here. You know, I believe you're being a good steward and keeping that EDC, uh, um, a type A EDC, because it has more restrictions on the money. And we need to make sure in this city we can hold on to the money. But you're yes, going to have opposing propagandists that, hey, we can't get nothing done because it's in the class A. We need to uh, alleviate by putting that in the class B. So a lot of times when you have two opposing views, right, your view, in my opinion, it may be the best one. I believe it is the best one. But a lot of times the citizens don't have a lot of time to be in the politics because we try to fight for the jobs that we barely can get out here and you know we, we live in a state of poverty mm-hmm. so the the poverty being a big issue we're gonna we is we we go down to our lowest form and try to survive that's usually our immediate answer survive is actually mean getting the job so a lot of the time the citizens don't know what's going on and they're feeding they're getting like a lot of um you know propaganda for and against so sometimes you may have to step up when not all of the citizens may know this is a good idea like for myself i know everything that i'm saying is is on point and a lot and 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 citizens don't really know how bad it is it's really bad out here it's horrible i mean it's it it can get you crying a little bit if citizens actually understood how these council members are specifically lying to them in their face. Now, I never thought I'd ever see council specifically lie to you, right? You have yeah. a form, we, we have a form of government, whereas council manager form of government, but they we have elected officials will lie to you and make it seem like it's a strong mayor where the mayor controls the city, which they don't. I mean, they're doing this a lie, yeah. so, you know, so, you yeah. know, it's, you know, that, that's just last yeah. time I asked. So it's, it's, you know, it may call, you may need to fight where people don't yes, know. Sir. So I'm yes, just kind of, you know, throwing it out there. Um, you take it, you know, yes, sir. however yes, way sir. you will. Uh, would not I, I understand, that. Dave. I understand. I wanted to talk about some of the things that, are, you know, uh, my platform, some of the things that I would like to see happening in this town. Yes, sir. Uh, for the safety of our people, I want to create a community-based operation partnership uh, with our local police department against gang violence, gang infestation. Okay. I think we need to deal with that. I think uh, the people uh, people need to be involved in that. Certain type of people, professional people, lay people, we have to deal with the gang infestation in this community. Right. You know. Uh, 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 the other thing I, I have, I want to do, I want to establish a domestic violence okay. unit within our police department because I believe that's my belief that uh, in order uh, to end violence in our community, we must begin by ending it in our homes. You know, right. and, and a lot of that is going on in this town, if you don't know. Oh yeah. And my 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 aim is to take a deep 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 dive into the policy changes needed for the police reform that that was centered around accountability uh the finance the culture and the community uh you know you know i've been here 17 years and i look at the police department budget and sometimes i said where's that money going you know Uh, i i I strongly 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 believe in community-based policing and you know, I know it's, it may cost money in the long run, but I, I believe that uh, the neighbor, each neighborhood needs to know that that police officers, right? You know, and that police officers should know that neighborhood. I believe in community policing. Uh, uh, the the other thing I I want to do is um, uh, I like to clean up the neighborhood by removing some of these drug houses. Okay. Too many drug houses in this town, and 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 there's a lot of abandoned buildings. I like to clean that out too. You know, um, I want to fight the slumlords who's taking advantage of of the struggling families, and and, it, and especially our elders. You know. Oh, okay, specifically, uh, let, let me go ahead. He's right there. What what are some ideas that you have on it on the slumlords? And because the reason why I'm asking, because a slumlord is a big problem over here in the in the city yes, of Port Arthur. What's some of your ideas yes, on that? 
Well, well, it, it, it all starts from inside the city. You know, you got a code enforcement. Okay. And, and you got to make them enforce the codes. Okay, gotcha. You, gotcha. you know, you got you got to hold these people accountable for doing their job. You know, uh, a lot of that stuff, you know, the slumlord wouldn't be slumlord if we'd be enforcing our codes. Right. You know, uh, and, and, and there's a bunch of it over here. So we got to clean that up, my friend. Uh, those are some of the things I see. One, the other thing I I see, uh, uh, I want to implement. I would like to implement a kid watch program to ensure that the safety of the of our children to and from school. We got to make sure our kids get to school safe and come home safe. Right, kid you know? watch. Okay. Uh, yes, sir, kid watch program. And, and and I would like to also propose working with the school district that we open the schools after hours. Uh, the school days doesn't have to end at three o'clock. We should open the school library, the study hall, the computer lab, so that our kids will have a place to go after school. Not only our play uh, kids, but you know the seniors also. You know, okay. uh, I would like our schools to become a community center for everybody. You know what I mean? There's a lot of resources in those things. And and I believe in the quality of life of Port Arthur must match the quality of service right. uh, of our citizens. We have to look at the service that we provide to our people and make sure that a very customer service driven. You know, that we are providing the best customer service, the best service that we can provide. With the amount of money, Dave, that, that this community receives, we should have A-plus services. Oh, yeah, absolutely, know? absolutely. I, I believe yeah, yeah. Earlier, we talked about industry giving us 70, 70 million, that we estimate 70 million. You, you know, you have the school district. If you look at their budget and you look at the city of Port Arthur budget, you look at the Port of Port Arthur budget, and the drainage district budget and, 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 and the navigation budget, all these tax dollars that the taxpayers are paying, you know, when you add all this thing up all together, you know, you're talking close to a billion dollars, man. Right, yeah. You know, and, and we don't see that coming back into our community. We don't see 10% of it coming back into our community. You know, when we talk about a billion dollars, 10% of it, you know, it's just a hundred million. Yeah. So we should be getting a plus plus services and, and as mayor uh, you know my job is to make sure that the manager and his staff uh is providing that level of service that the people are uh, are very comfortable with you know right uh, the, the other thing i had on my platform that was quality of life also mean quality jobs mm -hmm. And I want to create a climate that encourages business, industry, and entrepreneurs to follow their intuition and to invest in Port Arthur. You know, with working with EDC, uh, we were very successful. We we created what we call a first source of referral. We didn't say, "Look here, guy, you have to hire them." We just want you to give them the first opportunity to be interviewed, and if they meet your criteria, then why not hire them? You know, and we were very, you know, uh, we were very successful in that because, you know, business, all they're looking for is someone who could help them make money. And and, and, and if we could put a Port Arthur resident in front of business first and they could help that businessman make money, then they got a job. You know, but I want to focus on putting Port Arthur folks to work. Uh, you know, as you know, uh, EDC was very inf inf uh, uh, instrumental with, with the partnership with Lamar State College Port Arthur in building the Industrial Training Center. We got a training center that will train you in any craft that you want to be trained in for the industrial world. If you want to work in the industrial world, a uh, hundred of the Port Arthur residents will be there for free. And the good thing about this training center is not going to be trained by uh uh, academia is, is going to be trained by craft people, right, industry, right, gonna be right. trained, unique people, and they're going to be training you for the jobs that they have available. You know, so those are some of the things that I want to focus on as mayor. You know, it's just an extension of what I've been doing at EDC. It's just uh, I believe in a, uh, you know trying to uh, 
give people the best quality of life that we could give them. You know, I recall my days, I told you earlier, I'm a social worker by trade. Uh, when I first came into TWC, uh, it was going through a transition. You know, uh, in fact, back then, uh, the young Bush, Governor Bush, the president, the young uh, President Bush, w, uh, right. George, you're right. W. He was the governor of the te- state of Texas. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I was on a commission that we consolidated seven different ent- agencies, state agencies into one. You know, and we became the administrative entity of, of all of them. We took a food stamp program and we took a, uh, what, what back then they called it AFDC. I think they call it something else now. We had a veteran program. We had an ex-offender program. We had a child care program and, and two other programs. And we consolidated all into one. And my job was operation manager. And uh, you could remember back in the days, back then, they, they used to call that place the unemployment office. Yeah, yeah, so no, my yeah. job was... My job was to change that to the employment. Oh, that's right. Workforce, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and how we did that is by building that relationship, building that trust with business and industry to tell them that we're going to help you find good workers. And those good workers was who? Those welfare recipients, the food stamp recipients, the veteran the veteran program, the ex-offend, all those because that's how we got our money. And we took people that was dependent upon a system and gave them a, a better quality of life. And some of those people are doing real well today. A lot of them are doing real well, you know. And, and, and that's what my mindset is, man. I'm a social worker. And I, want, I want to make life better. Do the best I can to help those who want help. Not everybody want help. Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just straightforward, man. Yes, Not sir. everybody want help. Not everybody want help, you know. And, and we can't spend our time, a lot of time, because there's too many people that need help. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a direct yeah, believer yeah, in who I, wants help. Get I it. Just, I want to be straight with the folks. I'm going to help those who want help. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. And That's want, where I'm at, man. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I want to. We'll back a couple of things, right? A lot of a lot of my ideas sound, you know, great and everything is real good about it, right? Now I just wanna go back like on the council, right? You said that you uh, make sure that your job would be to make sure that the city manager go ahead and implement the direction that you try to give it to them, right? Say yes, say for instance, right? Um, I'm gonna use like Mr. Harold said as a as a as an example for this. There have been situations where uh, Mr. Harold said has given the city manager directive, like for instance with the garbage trucks. Hey, city manager, so this problem won't happen again. We need you to go ahead and uh, come up with the plan so we won't have the issues with the breakdown of the garbage trucks, right? And, you know, that's one issue. Another issue, hey, city manager, we need to go ahead and get these streets done. We need to fix the streets, you know. So, it's been a couple of situations where Mr. Doucette, you know, namely one, we're really the whole council, well, most of the council, but Specifically, Harold Doucette has given the objective on fixing streets. Really, all of them gave him one on fixing streets. Then Mr. Doucette has also given him a directive for his, like, with the garbage trucks, right? What 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 would be your um, answer to if you've given the city manager some directives on a couple of things, but the city manager fails to do it? Well, let, let me say this, Dave. Um, you know... You know, the rumors out there right now that you get Floyd in there, you're going to fire it all. And I've been with TWC. I, I've dismissed a lot of people. I hold people accountable. And you know, and a lot of other folks know that uh, this current city manager and I are real good friends. Right. But in, in my line of business as management, friendship and management is two different things, man. Okay. I have to hold people accountable. And, and, and you know, um, the manager going to have to hold his people accountable. Right. Yeah, it, because you're going to be evaluated based upon the results that he produced. You know, council set a vision, council give you policy and direction, 
and they expect you to go get it done. Okay. okay so if that... you cannot get it done, then you need to let counsel know you cannot get it done. And right. the reason why. Right, right. Okay, so let me if get... you don't say that, and, and, and I'm not just saying for the man, but right, yes, yes. I want the manager take this and tell his staff this. Right, so let me get this straight as far as what you're willing to do, right? Let me make sure I understood it right. If you've constantly been giving the city manager objectives to do and he's been failing to do it, so let me say, so you're willing to put his job up for question on the council, right? You're, you're willing yes, to put his yes, job sir. up for question. Okay. No doubt in my mind. Okay, cool. Okay. That's no great. doubt in my mind. Okay, that's great. Okay. No doubt in my mind. And, you know, um, uh, you know, and I, uh, you know that Mr. Burton and I are pretty good friends. And I say right. it to him. I said, man, if I make it there, you, you got to do your job. Right. <laughs> you got to do your job. Right. That's just the way I'm made, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, because I work hard, Dave. I work hard. Yeah, I, I believe you. I believe you. You know, I'm from the old school, man. Mm -hmm. but, but the other thing that I want to say, too, I, you know, we have to find a way to get the people, the young people. When I say young, I'm not saying the, the 20 to 25. I'm looking at the 30 to 40. Yeah, 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 right, right. That's what I'm looking at, man. Because you see, I have some issues with people that young trying to make decisions, life decisions for people. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. but I want to get, I would like to get more people you know, 30 to 45 more involved in city government. Right, Meaning right, yeah. On right. these commissions and boards, let them begin to start experiencing this stuff because they are our future leaders. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir, you're right. They are our future leaders, man. Uh, and and if, if selected as mayor of this city, you're going to see me appoint those type of people to some very important boards. Right, yes, sir. You know? Because, you know, I'm computer illiterate. Mm -hmm. Because I had, I had a secretary most of my life. Yes, yes. But I tell you what, <laughs> those young people, man, they could do all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and, and you know, they could just tell you how to do it over the phone. I yeah, say, you, yeah. You know, so they're smart. They're smart. Mm -hmm. We got to use that talent that we have. Right. We got to use that talent that we have. Not only so that we can give give them the opportunity to be mentored and learn because they are the one who's going to be taking care of me in, in a few more years. Yes, yes, right. Yeah, making decisions about me in mm -hmm. a few more years. Right, you absolutely. Know? So I just wanted to throw that out, man. Like, I, I'm very I'm very big on young people, man. Yeah, yes, sir. And I, I define young. Mm -hmm. I, I define young. I, I, I have issues... You know, with people 18, 19 years old making decisions for people 15 and 16. Yeah. They don't have enough life experience. Yeah, man. yeah, they don't. Yeah, they need to be yeah. a little bit more groomed. They need to be going through the process. Absolutely. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. And nothing against him. Nothing. I, that's just me. No, it's absolutely you know? nothing against him. Like, 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 like the example I use, right? The example I use, we have like, at one time, three of the youngest, no, two of the youngest, two of the youngest school board members on, on the school board, right? One being with Bartier when he came on, I think he was the youngest. And now we have a Taylor Gettwood. He's been the youngest in the state, you know? And, and I was like, yeah, the, the, the thing is, right? If you need to discipline or correct portery, Right, the other uh, school superintendent, it would be hard doing that when you used to look at him as a as a, a as a as a boss, right? As a supervisor, as a supervisor, and then now you're going into a position where you have to make decisions. As he's a subordinate, as he's like the employee, you're the boss. You know what I mean? So, I, that that was always a big. I couldn't understand that kind of conflict when you have a younger person. You going to you graduated with Puerto Rico as a superintendent. But now you want to go in a position of leadership over him, and you don't really have their life experience to understand what it takes to be a leader. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that's just my little two cents on that. I just want, my deal is, I want to promote and move these young people in a position where they could take over. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's time for us to walk. It's time for, you know, my time is just about over, my friend. Right, right. And then, and, yeah. And then somebody younger than me going to uh, give you the quality of life that I want. And I want to make sure they understand what I want and know how to give it to me. Right. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, it was a great, informative um, interview. Yes, sir. It was a great, informative interview. It it was one of the better ones I've had. And and also, I think I've gotten all of my questions out that I want to answer about your platform. And, um, And you can go ahead and have the last word, brother. Go ahead and, you know, speak if you want to speak, what you haven't said earlier. Well, the thing I would like to say to the listeners, man, is uh, I am a visionary. You know, and some people are going to question it. But I will be a mayor who will convince the people that they are important to the life and the success of this city. And Port Arthur is important to them. Um, That's why today... I have offered my candidates for the mayor of the city of Port Arthur, and I believe I have the lifetime experience that will count and experience that will put to work, uh, that I'm ready to put to work for each and every one of us. You know, I, I, the, you know Dave, the thing I want to say is not about me, it's about us right now. I think we have an opportune time to, and I hate to say it like this, but I think we could be a little Atlanta. Oh, yeah, I think, definitely. you know, you know, man, they got smart people in this town. Yeah. And we got to use all of us to make it better. It's going to take us all. Uh, you know, I've told them that this election is not about Floyd. It's about Port Arthur. It's about Port Arthur. I'm just asking you guys to be the leader at this time. Mm. Thank you very much, Dave. Oh yes, sir, and and I do appreciate it. And it's again until the next time, everybody, you know, subscribe, share this video, and um, until we come back at it again, everybody, take it easy. Peace. Thank you.